Welcome to Dad Up, the podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. If you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy listening. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Well, this is it. This is episode 50, and to celebrate this 50th episode, I thought I'd switch it up a bit and bring you a guest that is not a dad. Now, why would I do that, you might ask? Because this person holds another vital role in parenting, the role of a mother. She's not only the first female to come on my show, but she is an unbelievable mom. She is a mentor to so many, and she is a very admired and gifted teacher. She is my best friend, my rock, and I have truly been blessed to be her husband for over 23 years. Please welcome my wife, Andrea Ward, to Dad Up. Andrea, thank you very much for joining me on Dad Up today. I'm super excited about this, obviously, uh, because it's my, not only my fiest episode that I'm recording, but um, you are the first mom, and not only that, but you're my wife. So I'm super excited that you're joining me on Dad Up today. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> cool. Um, so for my listeners who don't know who you are, you can tell me a little bit about yourself as you're talking to them. Obviously, I know who you are, but tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of a brief summary of your backstory, and then also um, we can go into our discussion about our boys. Okay. So I am, first and foremost, a Christian. I am Brian's wife of 23 years. I am Blake and Brett's mom. I am a full-time English teacher. I teach middle school English. I love my family, particularly my nieces and nephews. They are, in addition to our own children, the loves of my life, along with you. And we have been married, like I said, for 23 years. And I think we have built a pretty good life together. Lots of bumps along the way. But I think we've just learned from them and grown closer, not only as a couple, but as a family. And um pretty proud of the two boys that we've raised as well. Yes, I would agree to all that. And uh, it's amazing to me, I think about it. And I know we've talked about this before, but it's amazing to me to think that our boys are 21, almost 22, and Brett will be 19 tomorrow. So um, it's pretty crazy that, uh, that our boys are now grown men. Um, and I think uh, the way that they have turned out is more uh, credit to you. But um, but we worked pretty well as a team together, and I'm um, excited for our future as well. Absolutely. It's crazy that it's gone by so fast. <laughs> no, I tell dads that all the time that I talk to. You've got to cherish um, Absolutely. Well, Don't blink. Right. Um, well, let me do this. I'm going to start off with, you know, just some general questions um, about um, your role as a mom. But in your honest opinion, what do you think defines a good mom? So I think I remember back to a message that our pastor gave years ago, and I remember him talking directly to moms, and I remember him saying that, you know, when our children are really young in those infant stages and the toddler stages, we're so excited to watch them grow and develop and progress. And he posed the question, he said, at what point do we stop doing that and we start holding them back? And he was talking about how, you know, they get to a certain age and we don't want them to grow anymore. And I totally identify with that. The young ages are just awesome and they're so fun. But biblically, our job as parents is to grow and to raise 
not good children, but good adults, adults who are faithful and moral and kind and capable. So I think a good mom is a mom who is mindful of that and works towards that goal of raising great adults, not necessarily just great children. We want our kids to be happy. Every parent wants their child to be happy. Right. But sometimes we forego the end game, which is, you know, that good adult, just to make them happy in a moment. And that's not necessarily what a good mom or a good dad even would do. Mm. That's great. That's great. Now, um, kind of switching roles a little bit, um, in your opinion, obviously I have my opinion on, on, on what makes, uh, what qualities make a good dad, but what do you think are good qualities that dad should have? So when I think of a good dad, because I see the dad as the head of the household, I see a dad, I think a good dad is made out of a man who loves his family the way that God loves all of his children, mm. right? With compassion and lots of love, um, who's always there, who's not just involved. God is always present in all of our lives. But a dad, I think as well, um, is a good dad when they're involved and they're present. And I think the love that a dad reflects towards his wife and his children will be more important in the long run to his children than anything else. Yeah. And I agree with what you said there about um, how he loves his wife. Um, it's something that, that's super important. And it's something that I've stressed to a lot of the dads that I've talked to is that, you know, obviously we know that our kids are always watching how we interact with especially other, other, how we interact with other people, but especially our wives. And um, for kids to see that, how you interact with your wife is so important to see that love and that compassion because that shows them how they are to be as grown men. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think children learn so much from the relationships that they witness than they do from the relationships that they're a part of. So I think that's yeah. so true. Yeah. Um, now, what do you think? Um, you know, obviously, as parents, we have a lot of challenges, especially right now going through the through COVID pandemic and all that. But what do you, what do you think are the challenges that you see parents facing? And, and you're an English teacher, so you might have a lot more interaction with parents than I would. I typically just talk to dads. But what challenges do you see parents facing the most today? So I think, I mean, my heart goes out to parents, especially of younger kids. I kind of breathe a sigh of relief for us where it's, you know, we'll never be done being parents, but our kids are on the verge of becoming those functional adults. And I look at parents today and I think they just, there are so many challenges that they face. But I think we just live in this society today that tells us that our children's abilities are a reflection of us. And, as, and they're a reflection of our parenting. I think there's so much parent shaming and there's so much pressure for parents today to raise these children that are perfect in everybody else's eyes. I think there's so much pressure, pressure to have a kid that's, you know, a 4.0 student and a star athlete and, you know, a musician and, you know, that serves their community. And it's just all too much. I think there is so much pressure on parents to do that. Yeah. And it's an impossible it's an impossible goal. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that, uh, you know, that's unfortunately um, when parents push their kids to those kinds of extremes, um, it, it does way more harm uh, than good. 
And you may think you're doing something good as a parent when you're raising young children and you're trying to push them um, uh, to this and, and create, you're creating this pressure for them. So when you're trying to push them to these extremes, um, you can really set them up for a path of actually failure when they get old. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, God didn't create any of us perfect. We all have our flaws and it's an impossible goal to achieve. So I feel for the children who feel so much pressure to achieve in all of these areas. But I also feel for the parents because I think we all take it so personally because society tells us we're supposed to when they fall a little short. Yeah. And I think that's something that you and I, you know, did very well with our boys. You know, we pushed our boys. Um, we wanted them to do the best that they, that they could. Um, and if they fell a little short, um, we didn't get on and to, we helped that we helped them to try to be better, but we didn't push them to be better. Um, and it's a lot of the areas and especially in like sports, kids playing sports these days, a lot of parents push their kids so hard in these sports. And I remember, um, particularly with, with um, Blake, um, when he said, you know, he was done playing baseball. He didn't want to play baseball. And we know, as you know, you and I know that, you know, we loved being on the baseball field. I loved coaching. You loved being the team mom. We loved it. It was our life. And when Blake came to us and said that he doesn't want to play baseball anymore, um, there was a part of me that was, that was crushed. Um, but at the same time, we said, okay, that's fine. If you don't want to play baseball, we understand. But um, you got to find something else to do outside of school. So that way you're interacting with other kids. What is it that you want to do? And we actually gave him the choice. We let him choose what sport he wanted to play or what did he want to do outside of school. Right. Well, yeah, I think it's really important to have children foster their, you know, talents and their gifts, but without the added pressure of they're going to do what it is that you see. Our vision, you know, our vision for Blake was baseball because that's what we both truly love. And he realized early on that that wasn't what God instilled in him. He instilled a love for a lot of other things. And it was crushing. I remember being so devastated, like, we're not going to be at the baseball field anymore. And I couldn't imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, guiding him and having him pick something that he truly did love and getting to watch him, for him, it was basketball. And getting to watch him flourish in that was so much better than, you know, dragging a reluctant kid out onto the baseball field, I think. Yeah. No, I would agree. Now, talking about challenges that parents face, um, obviously, I know some of the struggles that you have faced as a mom in your personal life, but what, have, what has been the biggest struggle you have faced as a mom? Well, I'm perfect, so I don't know that I've faced any struggles. <laughs> um, I think learning not to do everything for my children. Um, I love being a nurturer and a caretaker. It's what I thrive on. But, you know, it got to a certain point where I had to step back and go, I'm not serving them well, and I'm not preparing them for the future if I continue to do everything for them. Number one, it's going to make them really selfish and spoiled. But more importantly, it's going to make them incapable. So right. I think that was probably my biggest struggle. And, you know, like you were just alluding to, there was a time, particularly when my eyesight was impacted so greatly that I couldn't continue to do everything for them. 
And while that was probably the worst thing that, you know, we've ever had to experience as a family, it was probably a blessing in disguise because our kids did have to do for themselves during that time. And that was probably a really a big turning point for us as a family because it was at that point that they started to become self-sufficient. And I think I learned from that and continued to allow them to flourish in that way afterwards. Mm. Yeah. And um, that was, that was a tough time, but you know what, honestly, the boys uh, stepped up and um, did what they needed to do because they knew that you needed to do what you needed to do to get better. And, um, for those that, that are listening to this that don't know what she's referring to is, is um, was it five years, six years ago now? Um, she had lost, how, what's that? Six years. Six years. She had lost her eyesight, and she was at a point where um, she completely had lost her eyesight, where she couldn't see at all. And uh, to go from being this um, so involved mom and caretaker all of a sudden um, living in darkness because that's how you explained it was living in darkness um, not being able to really function um, was scary and it was scary for the family um, but even more so scary for you and our boys um, you know they handled it I mean they they stepped up and it's just a a huge credit to um, how they're number one how they're raised but not only that but how they're raised by you Thank you. I like to think that, you know, it was all a God thing. He mm-hmm. gave us a situation that was such a struggle at the time, but he knew that it was something that the boys probably needed and I needed to, to take a step back and pardon the pun, but to be able to see what it was that they needed. Right. Um, so it, it was such a blessing yeah. in the long run. Yep. Um, now, as a mom of two boys, I know we've had this discussion before, but I thought I'd throw it out there. Um, is there any part of you that still wishes we'd have had at least one daughter? Well, I think more than wanting to have a daughter, you know, I would have had a school bus full of kids. Right. Um, There's (laughs) nothing that I have enjoyed more in life. And we could have had our own reality show, had got different plans for our family. Um, I would have had a school bus full. And of course, I have enjoyed more than anything in the world, being the mom of two boys. And I can't say that I know what it would be like to have that experience with a daughter. And of course I would have loved to experience it. Um, But I think back, I will never forget our niece Lexi spending the night at our house for the very first time. And I went to do her hair for her in the morning. And anyone that knows her knows she was the sweetest little thing would never for anything complain and I just started to see the tears well up in her eyes, not because I was hurting her, but because it was just so horrible looking. And actually, if I remember correctly, you had to take over and you did a beautiful job on her hair. I didn't, that that hair. That I didn't want that hair. I didn't want that hair. I don't want that hair. You did a fabulous job, if I remember correctly. But I realized, I think then that, you know, God knew so much better than me. I was meant to be a boy mom. And I have loved developing the bond that I have with both of our boys. You know, people that have daughters always say, well, there's nothing like, you know, the bond that I have with my daughter. We're best friends. And I think to myself now, you know, my boys next to you, my boys are my two best friends. 
And it didn't matter that they were boys or, you know, anything like that. They, I think it's so much more about the bond that you develop. And um, I just naturally deal, I think, with the boy situations better. I can handle the wrestling and, you know, throwing balls <laughs> in the house and breaking the blinds and those type of ridiculous things. I can deal with that so much better than I deal with tears. And so I think for that reason, you know, God's plan for us was perfect, so much better than mine was, which would have included a girl and lots more kids. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I do myself. I, I wish we would have at least had uh, one daughter um, aside from the two boys. I'm good with the two boys, obviously. Um, they were, they're my life, but uh, uh, if we'd have continued and had a daughter, I, I still think about that. It's, I wonder what that's like to be, to be the dad of a daughter. And, um, but we have, we have enough nieces to keep us busy. Well, you know, and I was going to say, I've watched the way that you interact with our nieces and just the way that they melt you. And I think it's probably a good thing that we didn't because, um, I think they would have just had you wrapped around their little finger. No, you're absolutely right. That would have been the case for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, now, obviously, our boys have been very involved in sports. Our, our youngest son's about to play college basketball. Um, but why do you, as a parent, feel this type of extra activity, you know, extracurricular activity is important for today's youth? Or do you? I, well, I really do. And I know we're both on the same page with this. I think it is so important, not even necessarily for a child to be involved in sports, but to have something that they're passionate about and that they love working at. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, I think so many people today are misguided in their reasons for putting their kids in sports. Um, I I think so many people today have this hope and this desire that their kid's going to, you know, be the next, you know, big NBA player or NFL player or, you know, in whatever sport they play. But, I heard a statistic that like only 6% of high school athletes go on to play college sports. And then obviously, you know, getting to play professionally beyond that is an even much smaller number. So I think people are just a little misguided in in working their kids so hard being good at a sport or being good at a skill. Um, I think there's so much more to it than that. I think I remember reading a book written by uh, Serena Williams. I think she co-authored it. And I think it's called On the Line. And I remember reading her reason um, for being so glad that she had participated in the sport and worked so hard at tennis the way she did. And it wasn't because it brought her so much fame and glory um, in the tennis world. It was more about the fact that it made her just a good human. She learned so many things like perseverance and teamwork and leadership. Um, and those skills are things, again, that are going to make our kids into much better adults. And I think that needs to be the focus and the emphasis of putting them in sports or lessons of some sort, you know, so much more so than the idea that they're going to make it big. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I love that you said that because, um, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's It's one thing that we want our kids to be involved. And, you know, we never did push sports on our boys. Um, we wanted them to be involved in something. And as far as we were concerned, it could have been, you know, uh, playing in a band or, or doing acting. It could have been any of those other things, but they just kind of gravitated towards sports. But 
I think you're right. Our parents out there push their kids so hard because they think they're going to get to this certain level of the pros. And that's, that's the, that's the goal. And you can't go into it with that mindset. You have to go into it with, these are the reasons I want my kids to play sports. I want my kids to get the social interaction. I want my kids to learn leadership. I want my kids to have structure. And those are the real reasons that you should be putting your kids in sports or, or some other extra, uh, extracurricular activity. Um, sports is just one of the things that our boys gravitated towards. But um, I absolutely love that. You're totally right. Um, cool. What is one regret you have as a mom? And what has it taught you today? Mm-hmm. I think probably if I look back, there were times that um, parenting is so stressful. And I think I let the stress of parenting at times eclipse the joy in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we talked about earlier, it, it's over in the blink of an eye. And I would just suggest to parents of younger kids, um, just savor every minute. Don't let the stress get to you. Give it to God, right? He's going to be the far better guardian. And give that worry and that stress to him. Your kids are going to be fine. And just take it all in. Enjoy every mm-hmm. second. Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, it's one thing to go and, and live live and enjoy these kids growing up. But you have to really, really, really cherish it. And I did. I made a post today about memorable moments that you have with your kids. And memorable moments are things that you really need to pay close attention to because they may happen a lot, and there may be a few of them. And if you miss them, um, it's you regret it. And so it's very important that we um, enjoy every single moment. You're right. Enjoy every single moment with our kids because it does. It goes by so fast. You and I both can remember when Blake was born and now he's, you know, about to graduate from college. And it's so crazy to think that even the high school years, I mean, it's funny when, when your kids get into high school, you think, okay, we got a good solid four years of high school. This should be fun. But then bam, they're graduating. And now you got to figure out college. And it's, it's so crazy how fast it goes. Right. And I think if you let the stress get to, you know, some of those most memorable moments happen just completely out of the blue. It's not when you expect them to come about. And right. if you're so busy stressing and worrying over it, you know, you could very well miss some of the most beautiful things that come out of your child being little. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Now, I... I'm just curious your thoughts, and I've never asked you this question before, but if I were to ask the boys to tell me something about you, what would you hope that they would say about you? Well, I think what they would probably say first is that I'm short. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, because our, our boys, for those of you that don't know, I'm sure some of, some of my regular listeners do, but our boys are 6'3 and 6'2, so um, they are now taller than me and her. So. <laughs> well, they're over a foot taller than me. They tower. No, I'm just... I mean, obviously, I say that in jest. I hope that what they would say is that I have loved them unconditionally. Absolutely. No matter what, I hope they know because it is completely true. It doesn't matter. I may, you know, not like the things that they've done. I used to tell them that when they were younger. I'd say, I don't necessarily like what you did, but I love you. And so I hope that they realize that I truly do with all my heart love them unconditionally. They do. 
Um, I know they do. And I think they, they know that we both do. And we've always told them that we don't care. You know, if you've gotten into trouble or you've done something wrong and, and you're afraid to tell us, just tell us because we still love you and we will still support you and help you get through whatever it is you need to get through. Absolutely. All right. So one of my final questions that I typically ask all my dads, um, but now I'm having my first mom, my awesome wife and mother of our two boys on uh, today. So my question that I ask all my dads that I will ask you is if you had the secret to raising good kids and you had to share it with me or with somebody, what would that secret be to you? So I think, you know, obviously I listened to all of your episodes and I thought about this question so much. And I think it's giving that unconditional love, but with guidance as well. So I think the sauce is, is two ingredients, unconditional love and, and constant guidance, because I don't think unconditional love means accepting everything that your child does. We all mess up, even as adults, and mm-hmm. we all need guidance in one way or the other hopefully we find it scripturally but when our children are young it's our job when they do make those mistakes not to excuse it and not to you know just let it go but to teach them you know like I was saying before I love you but I don't necessarily like what you did and here's why it's wrong and here's what you should do instead so I think those two things combined probably are the secret sauce to raising good kids. I hope it is. Yeah, I agree. And um, it's, I got to say, uh, dear, my wife, the love of my life, my best friend, um, Andrew, I am, I am so grateful for you and for the, the mother that you've been to our boys. Um, I hit one out of the park when, uh, when God put you in my, in my way and said, this is the woman for you. This is another to be of your boys. Um, I'm forever grateful for that. And um, you've been so supportive of me uh, and everything that I've done uh, through all my coaching, through all my parenting flaws, and even through this podcast, you've been so supportive of me and I couldn't be more thankful for you. So it has been such a great pleasure to have you on my very first mom on the show and for my 50th episode. Um, and it's just been a huge, huge pleasure for me. And I, I thank you and I love you. I thank you for having me on. It's been an honor to be on. And all of those sentiments that you just shared, I feel exactly the same. There is no one else in the world that I would have rather been on this adventure with and teamed up to parent with. So thank you for having me on. And I think I'm the first guest that you've ever said that to. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> Uh, Very cool. Well, thank you, Andrea. Thank you again to Andrea for talking with me on Dad Up. As you heard, I'm sure you can tell what an amazing mom she is to our boys. They are blessed to have her as their mom, and I am blessed to be on this parenting journey with her. I am so thankful she was willing to come on the show and share her mom experiences. Andrea certainly represents the Mom Up community very well. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show, and as I said before, please subscribe. It is also so important that you share the show with others. The only way the show continues to get noticed is if you're sharing. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at Data Podcast. I read all your comments and questions and respond to them all. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. This is Data Up.